Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Hello. Hi, Aaron. Yes, now we've got some good audio. <laughs> that was a shame. I was really getting into that conversation, and then the whole damn thing just fell apart. Um, well, you know, it makes you it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Oh no, it doesn't. Make, no, I'm used to it. It's just part of life on Earth in the year 2008, and uh, <laughs> it just happens, you know. But I believe in gremlins. Uh, well, listen, I think there are many possible theories. No one of them is the way it is. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I've got to turn down a microphone in the sure. other room. It yeah, may wait ahead. the neighbors. Give yeah. me a moment. Yeah. Right, I've sorted out all the audio. Could you just please say something so can I, I can get your level right? Sure. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Thank you very much. That's right. Okay. Um, you know what I, what I was going to suggest is uh, that we yeah. not do this conversation right now because I actually have a few things that I need to attend to. Yeah. And I actually and I have a request for you. I would like you you know, that your theory that you put out about you know just before we got cut off you know your yeah. your final word on spirituality. Uh, um, well. Yeah, it was actually only a preliminary. Yeah, word, I know it is. I, and what I would like you to do is to prepare uh, maybe a slightly more thorough explication of this theory. Yeah, I didn't do it very well. No, you did it just fine for the time we had. But what I'd like you here's what I've got in mind, basically. And so I, I, okay, let know. me know what you want. All right, uh, what I would like you to do is to you know spend a few minutes and maybe write down a few notes so you can make sure to cover all the important bases. And and be prepared next time we talk to sort of give me a maybe a ten or fifteen minute lecture or something like that. Okay, <laughs> Is, I don't know if that's too long or too short for you. What do you think? How much time do you think you need to sort of get a good overview of of what you're trying to say? Ten minutes. Okay. So um, I'll t anyway, you can take as long as you want, and and what I'm going to do is take notes. Okay. Uh, so that I can actually respond intelligently. I could send you some text. Um, that would be helpful, too. Yeah, you can um, do that. To tell you the truth, I've never written this down. Oh, this would be because, fun for because you to I do never, this Because I never meet people who really want to go into it deeply, you know? No, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. Um, but I do. And um, so... And like I say, I, I have a great affinity to what you're saying, but I, I, I was really struggling to not interrupt you on certain specific language habits that I would like to explore with you. 
Heron, I look forward very much to exploring this with you. I oh, really do. Yeah, yeah, this, I, I am too. I regard this as almost the juiciest thing possible to do with the human mind. I agree with you. <laughs> I knew that when we first talked. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so that's why. And like I say, there's really no hurry on this thing. If you want to take a few days or a week or wait until you're done. And I'm thinking uh, we may need an at least an hour and maybe maybe considerably more um you know or maybe we'll 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 come to some sort of natural halting place or something in there but uh i suspect that we might go a couple of hours on this thing yeah i haven't got a clue because i'm not used to broadcasting or sharing in the way that you do uh, so to me it's open-ended but very exciting yeah it's just and, a conversation uh, you know that's all this is yeah, i end up yeah, recording all these things that's and the, uh and uh, in uh, fact, I like I'm to recording... call it um, a symposium. Okay, you call it what you want to call it. I'll call it what I call it. <laughs> we don't have... you, uh, what I mean is a conversation uh, as against a debate. Oh yeah. Well, it's a, it could be both. I mean, I think you know, I think yes, certainly we'd have to define debate and conversation here. But yeah, it's certainly not an antagonistic debate, but I do think we're coming with points of view and we want to make them clearly stated. Yeah, it's not to find out who's right, but to just somehow yeah. say what we have to say as clearly as we can say it with the minimum number of unconscious, erroneous assumptions. Well, so, uh, this this is not my normal mode because I'm not actually... I know several people who are better than I am at what you might call meta-programming or, or philosophical uh, rigorous language. Uh -huh. uh, I tend to use um, imagery and, uh, how can I put it, uh, more vibrational suggestion rather than pure logic. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. and again, I okay. don't think it's about right or wrong. I think there, all of these are valuable ways to proceed. Um, you know, like my, my, the analogy continue to come back over and over again is uh, that you can have more than one map for the very same territory. You can have a topo map or a street map, and nobody, oh. nobody in his right mind would try to claim that one of the maps is the one and only true map for the territory. It's just you know that that's absurd. a very that's a very good metaphor. I totally. You could even have a thermographic map or anything. Well, there's you any like. number of. Uh, there's an unlimited number of potential maps. It really just depends on how creative the map maker yeah. is. You know. Do you know what I love at the moment? I love to look up uh, Google Earth or the equivalents. There yeah. are other ones too. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I look up someone's address, say, yeah. or a mountain view, and then I click on. I can get road map. I can get aerial view. Yeah. I can get a few other ones too, and they're all true and, right. and look completely different. Completely, and some of it's them may good. be more or less accurate. Some of them may be out of date. Some of them uh, may have been accurate six months ago and are no longer accurate. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a very good analogy because basically what we do with language is we build maps out of sound. And most people, I would say the primary problem in the world is that people have mistaken their way of thinking for the way it is. They have mistaken a map for the territory. And that uh, if, if the human race, generally speaking, had a very clear understanding of the nature, this map nature of language, that most human problems would disappear. 
That's I, one I of my totally assertions. Agree. But while human beings wish to be human beings, that is self-limited and self-deceiving. Of course, they, the last thing they want to do is look at their matrix of language. They want to work within well, it. Not, well, not many of them do right now, but some do, and the growing number do. And yeah, well, the, and the I'm, real hint I'm is all the for communicating yeah. with people who are interested in that level of uh, of awareness. Uh, I think that's very exciting. And I, and I know that I'm not alone, of course. No, you're it's not. Just... There are thousands of people all over the planet, many of whom don't actually know that that's what they want, but as soon as they hear it, they recognize it. Well, Heron, um, the thing is, once I've finished my work for the year, which will be just before Christmas, yeah. then, I'm, then I'm going to do my tax accounting for about two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, why don't we just wait till after the first of the year when you're done with all your crap yeah. and ready to set off on a new, uh, new year? Uh, let's well, one do it thing then. I'm doing is I'm I'm putting my entire business on the on the internet on eBay. Yeah, and that's going to take a while. But at the same time, I'm also going to be putting up a personal website. You know, like your website is kind of multifunctional. You got all your different enthusiasms on. Yeah, there. it's just a it's just a collection of stuff that I was capable of doing. It's great. It <laughs> yeah. needs expanding, but it's great. It's a good beginning. Well, it's, it's a long story. I, I did that back in the days when people wrote. Uh, HTML and word processors to create yeah, websites, exactly. and I got to the uh, and I so I and I didn't know HTML, so I got a book on HTML and uh, figured out you know some tags and how to do things, and I got and I obviously picked things that were simple enough, you know that I could do them, <laughs> you yeah. know, and so I got you a did collection. very well. I think I did pretty good. Yeah, I got a collection of sort of interesting things there, but I got to the point where. You know, when I'd start making a change, it, it, to to keep the site working became increasingly problem. I make a, a link change here, and I had to go by you know manually find those links in thirty oh, other locations and change them. That's a nightmare. Them. Why don't you oh. Why don't you learn to use Dreamweaver and put oh, up? Oh, a oh well, that's what I'm saying. Is uh, but that's what I'm saying is uh, that was see this is five years ago when I did this site. Or, hey, what's to stop you um, putting up a new site that's like a hundred times better? Of my own stupidity. I'm not actually. Uh, yeah, I just simply have too many things to do to learn. Uh, I have Dreamweaver. I have Go Live. Uh, I've made. I actually have converted my site. I imported it into Go Live and have made a few simple changes since then. But you know, there are so many people out there who are so knowledgeable in this stuff who don't even have to think about it and could do awesome work. That I'm just going to wait till I find somebody to collaborate with who knows how to do. You mean it. someone who won't also presumably? I don't know how you are, but uh, if you have a few thousand dollars, you could you could just hire someone, or you wait. Oh yeah, for no, I don't have any money to do that now. But you know, for right for right now, it doesn't make any difference. If I, you know, I'll probably have the money in a while. If I do have the money, I'll I'll do it that way then. And if not, you know, uh, somebody will show. I've already had several people show up who know. Uh, things and have helped me Fine. and put together some parts of the website for me and you know that's oh, great yeah it'll there's no hurry it'll come anyway the point was that i i quit development on the site many years you know four years ago waiting for for because I, I knew then that there would be software coming that would solve all these ridiculous problems but by the time the software came around i had already gotten in you know into some other stuff and uh, and I just never got got back to it, you know, because I really don't want to take the time to learn Dreamweaver. You know, 
I totally understand. Well, that's okay. It's fine. As far as I'm concerned, um, I'm um, my personal site when it goes up will also contain my commercial site. Uh huh. So that will give you an excuse to pay someone yeah. enough to, <laughs> to, to do, do the basic yeah. to do the basic Dreamweaver work for me. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, I I I'm okay I'm okay on computers, but I don't want to spend a month learning Dreamweaver. Yeah, no, I no. don't either. I got other stuff to I'll, do. I'll pay someone a few hundred yeah. bucks to yeah. do that stuff for me. Yeah. I can. I live in this town where we have a, a university in this town. It's a university town, and it's full of geeks who are really, yeah, really love good, you nothing know. better than to do this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. They, and they'll work for for a minimum wage. Yeah, you know, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, and so I can I can go out and hi- I can just walk into the university and hire a, hire a kid just. Just like I go up to the computer section and sure. just tap someone on the shoulder, basically, yeah. and offer them ten quid an hour. Yeah, and they'll <laughs> say, "Be happy to follow you anywhere." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, uh, I'm not quite uh, sure these, what I. A lot want of to these do. kids are super intelligent. Oh nowadays. yeah, 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 yeah. Getting, uh, pe- getting, you know, to put something together is just not an issue. My issue actually is I'm not quite sure what I want to do. So there's not much point in it right now. My ideas have changed a lot in the last year or two. Have they really? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm having to, to rethink all sorts of stuff. And it's just not clear to me yet exactly how to proceed, you know. But it, it is getting clear, and I feel like I'm making progress. And I, I think, uh, really, it's going to be another two or three years before... I'm able to present a coherent face to the world. <laughs> you know? I, I totally understand. Are you looking for the grand synthesis, the 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 theory of everything, as it were? Well, let's say all all within an inch of that. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way I see it, if you can, you don't have to get all. You can't go all the way, but if you can just get closer than anyone else you know who's working at it. I'm already closer than anybody I know. Uh, personally, anyway, he said modestly. Yeah. Well, right. it's, just, it's it's just well, it's for me. I mean, it's for me. You know, I mean, I'm finding my way. You know, yeah. and other people are doing great work, uh, and they're certainly better known than I am, and certainly richer. But uh, I'm in. You know, nobody's actually doing the work that I'm doing, and so somebody's got to do it. So I'm going to do it. Well, the way I see it, and I may be wrong on this, it's just a thought, that in these realms, it's a bit like a pyramid in the sense that uh, the higher you go in the truth area, the fewer people there are who, who, who want to share it with you, and that's okay. Oh, yeah, it's but really, when you look the at game. the people who are rich and famous in the uh, consciousness stakes or the New Age stakes or the the uh, the, the the Vedantic stakes or whatever, yeah. the ones who really get out and have millions of followers, they're crude. Well, yeah, but I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking. Well, anyway, there are a lot of there are a lot of light, enlightened people on the planet. I mean, the world's just full of enlightened people. The trouble is that they haven't cleaned up their line. Like I say, being enlightened doesn't automatically make you an expert in automatic transmissions for cars it, it, you know it, that's yeah <laughs> and absolutely being enlightened doesn't mean you can say anything that that's worth a shit to anybody you know yeah. you, if well, you use the same yeah. old language you were given as a child and don't actually reprogram it they make it on force of their enlightenment people pick up who that you know they pick up their power their sense of i mean of, i'm a perfect example i was born enlightened i knew <laughs> at the age of two yeah. exactly 
yeah. what was going on well, and, of course and why. You did. Every baby on. does. Why grown ups all around me were fucked up. Yeah, you knew that too. Good. <laughs> oh, I, I knew that when I was yeah. two. Well, I didn't know that till I was about four or five, I think. Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I, I, I knew when I was point. two, but yeah. I could only put it into words yeah. when I was a yeah. three. Yeah, there was a time when I realized that basically adults were full of shit, and I haven't changed my opinion. <laughs> you know, I still think they're full of well, shit. Well, that's, I don't know how you feel, but I feel I've sort of half successfully failed to grow up. Because I, I do, when I was very, very tiny... I, d- I made it my life's ambition not to fall into the trap that all the grown-ups yeah, around yeah, me have fallen yeah. into. Yeah, I, that's one of the books I have, uh, a book, I, I, a title of which is Beyond Adultery. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, thou shalt not commit adultery. That is, thou yeah, shalt In other words, thou shalt not grow up. That's right. Well, gr- to become a grown-up. That's the past participle of grow. Therefore, one who is no longer growing. <laughs> I like it. And here's another take, too. Uh, adultery means to adulterate. In other oh, yeah, words, you've, right, yeah. you've got everything when you're young, yeah. and then it's adulterated as you grow yeah. older. So it works in oh, every way. I met an 11-month-old baby at Starbucks uh, this afternoon that is the most beautiful, pure, happy, conscious little godling that I've run into in quite a while she what a privilege well she and i actually were staring at each other i swear to god it must have been for eight minutes without a break you know i mean she was looking in my eyes and i was just looking in her eyes and and we were just locked in you know i've been stared down by babies before and had and i couldn't take it you know but this time i hung in there you know and and it was just amazing she is so focused so present, you know. Oh man, it was just awesome. Oh man, I, 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 I have been there, done that, and it's it's always awe-inspiring oh. because you get used to thinking that human beings are like all the adults you know. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then you have the privilege yeah. to be in the, in the presence of a major, uh, you know, divine self-conscious being. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at uh, who is maybe three months old. Yeah. And it completely destroys all your preconceptions yeah. about everything because it, you can't. Well, you know, you I get to see a lot of kids in Starbucks. A lot Sorry? Of kids. I, I get to see a lot of kids in Starbucks. All well, ages. That's, your, that's your shrine. That's your chapel. Well, it's just where I hang out and, and read and write and do Skype or, you know, po- podcasting. But, but the point is, a lot of people go through, a lot of mothers with their young children. And like I said, this was a, a father with his 11, it was just a father uh, with his 11-month-old daughter came in and he had a newspaper with him and he sat down with her and he read the newspaper and and uh, was sort of playing with her and she was in her little whatever it is, you know. But I mean, and he was there for about an hour and she never made the slightest protest. She seemed to be just quite having having a good time looking at everything and playing with her fingers and <laughs> you know, it was it was just beautiful. Uh that's great. I I have a cafe a cafe I go to most days. Yeah. It's 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 a sort of cafe bar where they have beer and they also have coffee. You know uh-huh. that sort yeah. of Yeah. 
and uh, it attracts families. And uh, sometimes they come in with children of various ages. Yeah. And the kids always look at me and start to wave and laugh. <laughs> uh, they always do. And yeah. I wave and laugh at them. And mostly, this is a cafe where the, the grown-ups, when they see that the child has accepted me, yeah. uh, the parents normally kind of sometimes wave me over, you know, bring me over. Sure. Yeah. And then and if the kid's old enough, I'll tell the kid a story, a funny yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, or I'll, uh, you know, I'll make up stuff, do a clown act or anything like and the And the parents, <laughs> this is what happens. The parents know that I'm reacting, I'm having a relationship with a child, yeah. okay? Now, they know they can't have a relationship with me directly on this level, but they know that this child is totally special, and they love the fact that I'm yeah. uh, relating to this child, and it's very special. It. Yeah. Yeah. And the parents are so pleased oh, that yeah. I'm doing this. They're not used to this. Yeah. They know that this child has this totally magical quality. But they're not used to someone else. Well, and sometimes it. they don't even know that they know it until they see you knowing it. Ah, uh, well, that's just as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, they then, see you, then and they, then they realize. Then they you see know, it that's through right. your eyes, yeah. and then they light up, and they yeah. feel so great yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. This guy didn't actually get it until I, you know, I kept telling him, you know, your daughter is not like most kids. You know, <laughs> your daughter is so present. You know. And he said, well, you know, you're right. I, she's like that a lot. <laughs> you know? So the light's slowly breaking yeah. over the horizon. In fact, I spent, uh, after we got through staring at each other, I, I, I attempted to teach her that the fingers on the end of her hand were her fingers. Because <laughs> she hadn't quite figured that out yet. I mean, uh, she was, but I mean, you know, at, at 11 months, there's a lot of stuff. Well, she doesn't have the language to make these categories yet. You know, it's just all this stuff going on, you know. And anyway, uh, we were playing with, with my index finger and her index finger, and I was, it was just great fun. It was, uh, it was wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. I really love that. Yeah. That's you know, in tribal situations where everyone intermixes and all the kids are, are deeply loved by 20 yeah. or 30 people, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is how it always is. That's called civilization <laughs> as opposed yeah. to what we live in. Can I either pick you up on, on that or be picked up by you that on the word civilization? Because mm. you, may, you may not think it's important. I, I, I am personally really uh, interested in etymology, and I know civilization means cities. City dweller, yeah. And, right. and so... When people say that's uncivilized, I would say, yeah, yeah great. Yeah. And I, I just yeah. wonder whether you care about etymology or whether that doesn't come into your... Well, sometimes I care about it and sometimes I don't. You know, it, it just depends on who I'm talking to and what point I'm... Well, well I, if, or, for instance, you know. I would rather choose a different word. You know, seeing civilization has such a specific meaning. Oh, well, I was saying that, it basically the, to take a swipe at the fact that we call our own civilization... Uh, I mean, we think, I mean, again, civilization m means city, clearly, but uh, you, you talk to most Americans anyway, and civilization means what Americans do every day. Yeah, but that means being emotionally and sexually repressed. Well, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying is that's why uh, I, I use the, the word that way and, and sort of talk about, uh, you know, creating a planet that's worthy of the name civilization. Yeah, well, yeah, Not, that's all right talking yeah. to the language, yeah. but when you're talking to me, I, I don't like civilization. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Well, I do like civilization. I think the fact that we've, it's, you know, made up of a bunch of unconscious language monkeys is the problem. Oh, I see. So, so if you, if, um, 
if they weren't language monkeys, if they enlightened themselves, well, imagine a planet, uh, imagine then we could all be using high tech. Imagine if everybody and, uh, woke living up in to- conglomerates, and it'd be all right. Well, what if everybody woke up tomorrow and they were enlightened? What kind of planet would we have? You know, it's not the cities that are problem. The problem is unenlightened humans who actually believe that they are human beings instead of God. Yes. Yes, you're right, and that and that includes tribal peoples who are similarly trapped in their own. Oh language. yeah, they're just as uh, locked into their. Yeah, they're they're worse, I think. I mean, they you know, I mean, not worse. It's just they're a different stage. Well, know? they're more limited. Well, yeah, much more. Well, I don't know. You know, actually, I can't speak to that. I mean, that's just my theory. So I haven't actually met any of them, so well, <laughs> it's well, a little hard see, for I, me to say. Um, I've met lots of tribal people. I grew up at a. At a young age, I was in New Guinea where my father was a planter in the jungle, and I lived in the jungle with the natives oh, for some time. Oh, I bet you've got some stories about that. Oh, well, man. I mean, I, I got a few books there. It's amazing. But the thing is, um, these natives uh, were the most loving people I ever met. And yeah. when I went back to so-called civilization, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the last time I ever met unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah. All these natives, well, most of them had the unconditional love. Yeah. Now, they had very poor intellects. Do you understand? No, I know what and you're talking really about. Yeah, I, I got you. I got you. They weren't yeah. fully developed. But they're, by different, God, they're, they're different kinds of beings than we are. I mean, they're like from another planet. They're, they're aliens, in a sense, you know? Yeah, and they, and they, they thought uh, my father, as a white man with his technology, was like a god. Yeah. Yeah, and and they themselves were, were were subject to all sorts of things like their own gods, yeah. their own tribal oh, yeah. chieftains. Well, they they their are own, their locked, own fear yeah. demons. And they're so locked into their story. That's the whole thing. Is back to the map and the territory. They've got a map for their experience, but they don't yeah. know it's just one way of thinking about it. They think it's the way it really is. Well, do you know it's only been in the last maybe three years that I've come to realize that. All my cultural underpinnings, and I have really studied hard all my life, yeah. are just stories. You got it. Yep, that's it. The stories we've been programmed with since child, since childhood, and that people then become... Well, the big thing is that people get identified with the voice in their head. They, they hear that voice, and they think that's who they are. Yeah. And whatever it says, they believe it. Uh, yes, it is. it is the... Their, their inner guide, their, their truth, their God. Yeah, yeah, and it's so, just a machine. Well, That's I, what I know, talk I, about I, is the language machine. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I've slowly stepped out of that, and and now I look at it, and I just I just <laughs> see it as completely arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. Totally arbitrary. Uh, it, it could be anything. Belief in anything is just as good yeah. as belief in anything else. Um, there, there, there was a story I read about a um, New York family, and they had a... An 18-year-old son who was was having a personality crisis, so he went for a holiday down to Florida. And a month later, he came back from Florida, back to his family, and he'd become a homosexual. <laughs> and uh, the narrator, I think it was Saul Bellow, uh, yeah. a very good Jewish writer, he said he came back as a homosexual, but he might just as well have come back as the Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> uh. 
it wouldn't have made any difference at all. It was yeah. just the same. He was just looking for, you know, something to become, you know, some some story <laughs> he could hang his perception on. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's Saul Bellow. And as a matter of fact, that's Jeff. That, uh, that's Jewish wisdom because Jews, uh, Jewish culture is very deep. They know a lot. They understand that everything is story. Well, some Jews do. Well, some Jews yeah, do. You know, some Christians even understand that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I imagine. I haven't met one yet, but I'm sure there must be one somewhere who, who understands. A lot of that. a lot of Jewish uh, artists and writers and intellectuals know how it works. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah. And um, I think Christianity is a really tough one because it's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they all are. Oh, well, again, see me to me, any belief system that you mistake for the way it is, as opposed to merely a way of thinking about it, is a, a form of linguistic pathology. You know, whether it's atheism or Christianity or Judaism or Amway or Buddhist, and, you know, it doesn't make any difference. They're all bullshit. Belief yeah. itself is the great sin. Yeah, and that, I I love this um, because um, I've isn't it funny? Look at me now. I'm 64, and I've only slowly come to see it more clearly. That 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 belief, this huge difference between belief and experience and knowledge. Yeah. And and uh, I find now when I talk to someone, whenever anyone says I believe this or I believe that, I just go, oh. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares what the I mean, hell that, you believe? It has no relevance yeah. to any, yeah, yeah, you, anyone outside yeah, your own yeah, head. Yeah, right. You, you, your belief means something. It means the you don't actually that you say, say that it. to people, though, do you? <laughs> the fact that you say you believe it means you don't know it's true. Yeah, absolutely. So why right, bother? You have to, yeah. Don't you? And the, and the, and the, but do you know what? I, I, I say it just for fun, but I've never had anyone go down that path with me. Yeah. The, the, the conversation ends at that point. Sure. Yeah, well, and of I don't, course. I don't <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good way to end the conversation because basically who wants to talk to a bunch of unconscious language monkeys? Yeah. You know, it's boring. <laughs> you know, I mean, you already know everything they're going to say. You might enjoy, you know, one of, my, uh, one of the archived recordings on my site, number 17, Excellent. I was going to ask you about that uh, because I I knew there'd be some of them that had had what I wanted in them. So I'm just writing down. Excuse well, me. Yeah. Number archive. Yeah. Number seventeen. Number it's on 17. page nine. If you you have to go back to page nine of because page like, yeah. nine. I've anyway, got that. Thank anyway, you very they're much. They're all I'll... numbered, and it's number seventeen. Is a about a forty-five minute discussion between me and a Christian. A really, you know, a guy, I was in his cast, actually. It wasn't mine. I went into his. Uh, and I, uh, and we had a long discussion. It's really fascinating. I look forward to that. Yeah. 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 I'd love to hear your uh, your response to it. Well, too. You know, um, I have this uh, dialogue I have with Christians now. Um, uh, most of the Christians I meet nowadays tend to be of the modern Christian type, which say, I'm a Christian and it doesn't really matter what denomination I belong to because I'm a Christian. Yeah. And that sort of thing. And I, I say, um, oh well, uh, you know, do you, do you go to a church and get together with a whole lot of other people and do, uh, communal prayer and singing? Yeah. And they go, yeah. oh yeah, it's fantastic. There's like 300 of us get together. You should go there. It's just fantastic atmosphere. You'd love it. <laughs> And I go, yeah, well, I've got a bit of a problem there because I've read the Bible several times and, I, and I'm really au fait with all of the New Testament 
And I really, really love the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus tells people that they shouldn't pray in public because it's pointless, and they shouldn't pray in, uh, together with other people. They should go to the smallest room in the house, the closet, by which he means the shit house, <laughs> and, and there lock the door, and as he says, pray to your Father in secret, who will then reward you openly. Yeah. Which is so deep and so esoteric, you see. It's so good. And, uh, and I say, well, so I, I guess, uh, you know, I don't really like to, you know, go to churches and go against Jesus' word. What do you think of that? <laughs> and then they all say, ah, but when two or three are gathered together. Oh, they've already got an answer for it. Good. They didn't yeah, even have and to I say, think. are you calling Jesus a hypocrite? <laughs> or whatever. And anyway, anyway, yeah. that's that's my, and that is truly. And when I say that, I'm I am being totally sincere because, of yeah. course, yeah. the 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 gospels have a lot of esoteric truth hidden away within them. They're just there for those who want to use them, but uh, it's mostly exoteric. As, as Je Jesus is supposed to. I mean, I don't take any. I think Jesus is a mythical figure, but he's yeah, I'm a, not even convinced he actually existed. But there's, uh, well, I I'm, think there's, I'm convinced he didn't exist. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not convinced. I don't. I'm not even convinced of that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't believe it. Well, it's based on a true story, maybe. <laughs> All right, based on a, based on a true rumor. Yeah. Okay. True. I'll go for that. All right. Yeah. Have you? You know uh, who John Allegro is? Uh. He was is one. he the one who did the magic, the mushroom gospel? Yes, 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 yes. That's the guy. Well, he I, read was, his, I tried to read his book, but it was so dry. I yeah, I know. Get he, yeah, he wasn't much of a writer, but the the idea was so outrageous. Um, <laughs> I, know, it was just... uh, speaking from personal experience, I think he's pretty right. Oh, I think he may very well be. You know, <laughs> and, and of course, uh, you know, if if he is right, of course, then if there wasn't any Jesus. Jesus was just part of this mushroom cult uh, trying to cover its tracks. <laughs> well, well, just to fill you in on this, I don't know whether you saw it. There was a BBC documentary. Um, this is a serious documentary made by a historian, journalist, who went to Ethiopia looking for the world's oldest Bibles. Uh -huh. And he was put in a basket and taken to the top of a cliff that hardly anyone had been to. There's just a few monks lived there. And uh, they showed him these rooms with really old Bibles from about the third century. Wow. Uh, the, these are older than anything the Catholic Church has, yeah. and they they went right up to like the eighth century. And there were lots of these Bibles. These things they were are huge still there. Huh? And these things are there in in some sort of condition where people can look at them and everything. Absolutely, this was a stunning documentary. Wow. When I say there were third century, I mean there were some third century. A lot of them were like eighth century, well, but it was that's a, pretty good. But third century is astonishing. Yeah. Well, well, strictly speaking, um, uh, that's kind of the Gnostic area. That's before, well, by third century, either third or fourth century. Anyway, it was around the time of Nicaea. In other yeah. words, don't forget the, you yeah. know, um, the early, the early Gnostics went right, went into Abyssinia really early. Um, I mean, that they had that tradition. Anyway, they, this guy has his camera team with him. And the, these people bring him, bring forth their big thing, their oldest big Bible. It's an enormous book full of giant, <laughs> beautiful illuminations. Yeah. And every page just has a few verses from the scriptures and then huge pictures uh, of um, uh, stories from the Bible. And every single picture is swarming with magic mushrooms. <laughs> They're all over the place. <laughs> 
and they're all colored blue. <coughs> oh, that's funny. That's great. I love it. That's yeah. Well, the church doesn't Every want to type. hear about that. Obviously, that's why we've never heard of this before. Yeah. And he get this: this historian journalist, like he's looking at these pictures, and he doesn't see it. But, <laughs> oh, that's even better. <laughs> it's really funny. If I can find a link to the, if this is on uh, Google Video, I'd love you to see it oh, because yeah. you look at, you go, oh my God, yeah. there it is. And there it is. John Allegro was right. Him. Yeah, <laughs> and this guy just doesn't even see him. <laughs> yeah, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a giant blue magic mushroom. Yeah, sure. That well, you know who Terence McKenna is. Oh, I'm the oldest fan. I'm an old fan of his, and I was devastated when he died. Oh, yeah, that was tragic. You know, I've oh, really? always wondered, you know, in fact, I, I don't know. I need to do a little exploration, but I'm wondering if his brain tumor wasn't uh, something he'd had for many, many years and was somehow, you know, involved with his language machine. Because he had the mo- if you've heard him talk, uh, yes. you know, he has the most amazing way of talking. You know, I, he's the most one of the most unique talkers I've ever heard in my life. Well, and I'm what? wondering if he if his if he didn't have a somewhat disrupted language machine that that got him off on these you know these new ways of of thinking and talking. Well, I've known a lot of Irishmen in my time, and I've been to Ireland. Yeah. And all I can say is a typical Irish intellectual. Oh, really? They, McKenna they is all, typical? They all have what they call the gift of the gab. Yeah, but, I, no, but well, I guess I haven't. Yeah, but, but McKenna, is his vocabulary, his choice of words, his phrasing, I mean, that's not the gift of gab. He used language in a way that I've or, never heard anybody use it before. Well, the other thing is he, he had had thousands of trips, and he yeah. and a lot of MT stuff, he goes yeah. to the land of the machine elves. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the machine elves uh, are kind of the, the archetypal uh, players in the game of pattern making. Yeah. Uh, they are, from my experience, I would say that the machine elves are the primary elements of human consciousness. Wow. Uh, and and uh, you can. I'm, I... Um, I, I've done a bit of exploration in this realm myself, and I would say um, play purposeless but divinely blissful play with um, patterns is is uh, is the eternal, never-ending point of the universe. <laughs> Why yeah, bother yeah, to that have is a that is what is happening, yeah. and and uh, each of us really is kind of like a machine elf pretending mm. to be a human being. Right. If you like, I'm being very well, crude. Well, it's God pretending to be a machine elf pretending to be a human being. <laughs> yeah. I, thank you for saying that. You see, it, that's so amazing. See, that's the sort of thing I say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way I see it. The only problem there is when you say God, then... The, the problem well, yeah, is that yeah. the word God I, I has know been. That, I know. I usually use. I usually call it Bob, and I should have. It's just that I. I, I yeah. People don't know what I mean when I say praise Bob. <laughs> you know? Well, I do. You do. Yeah, but I'm still training myself. You know. I mean, sometimes I like when I'm talking to Christians. I use the word God. You know. Well, because... the problem is if if I say to a Christian, look, uh, um, you know, it's like I'm. I'm not contradicting you or anything, but I, uh, rather than me being just a child of God, I say, you know, my children are of my quality. You see, yeah. if I have a child, yeah, well, the just, child's yeah. going to grow up to be just like me. 
Well, uh, it, sort of like you. Well, well, of my quality, of <laughs> yeah, my okay, order. All right, yeah, yeah. It's not inferior to me. It's yeah. just on the way to, you it's know. Another example. And, and so if we're all children of yeah. God, as Jesus says, yeah. then, we're, then we are really gods. Yes, of course. And, yeah, and not only that, that I, see, I, I, I understand myself to, to, you know, you know, Christians hate it when new age people say, I'm God. Oh, I know, yes, blasphemy, yes, of course. And I don't blame them because no, that's yeah. bad use of language. I say, if I'm, uh, it's, for instance, if, if I say I'm God, a Christian would say, oh, that's blasphemy because I should worship you. And I say, no, 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 I'm God being me, you're God being you. Yeah. I'm grant you. The respect I give to myself. Where's yeah, the problem? Yeah, yeah, no problem. And, but of at course, all. they can't handle that because no. their definition of God is something is, else. It's outside it's there, top somewhere top else, the but not boy. here. It's, yeah, yeah. it's the mass murdering psychopath of yeah, the old I Catholic. know it, I know it. That's just pathetic. It's the one they fear. Yeah, yeah. They really fear. I mean, behind all the Christian prayer no, it's is fear. the fear no, of the No, it's the, the fear of going to hell and suffering forever in the flames <laughs> of hell. <laughs> you know, be damn careful. <laughs> I was married for 30 years. I've been there, done that, and don't need any more. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, no, thank you. Don't need that. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, I've pretty much given up now. I've, I used to go out and evangelize to the Christians a lot. I talk to Christians yeah. and tell them about the Beatitudes, tell them about what Jesus yeah. really said. And they, they, I never got through to one Christian, ever. Uh, well, uh, yeah. My whole experience is if somebody doesn't actually come and ask you for your opinion, yeah. it's a complete waste of breath to share your opinion with anybody. You I know? totally agree. I've, gi I've given up on it. The I mean, art uh, is to seduce them into asking you. <laughs> yeah, not a bad one. Yeah. And I, and I'm learning that still. Occasionally, uh, I, I I have some good good runs, but uh, yeah, the minute you start pushing, uh, well, then the resistance comes up. It's, it's just it doesn't work. Somebody I don't remember who it was said that the way to effect change is not to add new forces uh, and pressures to change, but to remove the uh, resistance to change. Okay. Yeah, and I, I when I first read that, I thought that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, the yeah, only yeah. way it works is you got to yeah. seduce them. They've got to, you got to somehow create a situation that makes them curious and want to know. Uh, if you go in there and say, "Okay, I'm going to tell you stupid Christians how it really is," <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, just for fun, I went into a Christian chat show on talk show tonight. Yeah. And uh, I th and I said uh, they're all droning on. They're, all they do ever do is quote from the Bible. <laughs> they never they never say anything from the heart. They always simply quote the Bible. Yeah, they never say yeah. anything original ever. No. no. And so I just said, uh, so, "Hello, everyone." They all said, "Hello, Songstone." About five of them. Yeah. You see, and this is in text. And I said, "I am a Hindu missionary in England." <laughs> Welcoming people back into the world's oldest and best religion. Oh, God. <laughs> I said, you Christians uh, are, a, are an offshoot of Judaism, which is an offshoot of Hinduism. I said, so you, Jude you Christians have lost so much. You've lost reincarnation. You don't have it anymore. Yeah. Uh, your originals, the Gnostics, had reincarnation, but they were persecuted by your forebears. You have lost so much, but you're welcome back into the fold. <laughs> yeah, we won't hold it against you. Yeah. We have and open so, arms. And so the leader of the group texted me and said, uh, 
look, uh, he said, we're not out for an argument here. We're just preaching the gospel. Oh, if you go on like this, we'll, uh, we'll have to end the conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And in other words, mute me, you know, sure, yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Well, that's what whatever. I, listen, I mute people sometimes if they're not, I mean, I'm there on purpose when I do a cast. And if, if, if an idiot is useful, uh, then I leave him on, even if he's full of shit, because he can still be a useful ploy. But if, Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I said to these people, I said, well, uh, I said, I've made my point. Good night. You know, I yeah, just left. Right, yeah. And and I just did that because I've been I've been using I only discovered Talkshow a month ago. I've been using Talkshow to sort of finalize to finalize my relationship with a goddamn human race. Oh, it's a perfect tool you know, I've, for that. I've found yeah. that almost every single kind yeah. of attitude group is represented by some pathetic show on Talkshow. <laughs> and I and I've been going to them, introducing myself yeah. and saying, I have no idea what's going on, what's the theme? And then they invite me in, and then I I just play. I, I've given up. Uh, I I have various persona. One is that I'm a Bigfoot, and 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 I tell them I'm a I I'm a I'm a Bigfoot, uh, and I can't speak. That's why I can't ring up, but I can text because I have long sensitive fingers. <laughs> And I tell them the secret of Bigfoot, the reason no one's ever seen Bigfoot, right, not really, there have been no genuine sightings, even though there's been lots of sightings of big footprints, right? <laughs> I say it because I'm a typical Bigfoot. I'm really very, very small, but I have enormous feet. <laughs> oh, man. You're, and, you're and, really, uh, you got to be careful because someone's going to come and get you if you're not careful. <laughs> well, well, anyway, I just... The, th the funny thing is that, I mean, I know this sounds ridiculous, but actually I'm practicing not being attached to who I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. You see? And then uh, when I meet a fellow soul, I say, uh, you know, like sometimes I meet people a lot on different sides, and then I'll say, oh, by the way, you know, we're having fun together here. Are you real or imaginary? <laughs> And I got a wonderful one tonight. I got a really wise woman. She said, it depends on the circumstances. Good answer. <laughs> and I said, me too. <laughs> because, of course, the answer is uh, both and neither. Yeah, whatever you choose, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because this is, this is, again, what I've only slowly come to realize, that our personalities are entirely arbitrary. We've chosen oh, yeah. them. Like well, they're Well, they, a lot of it was put on us, too. I mean, it's a little bit of both. Uh, but, but we accepted yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah, I see hey. it as essentially what I would say is that it's uh, the, what most people think of as their deepest, most selfiest self. <laughs> self itself. <laughs> it is, an, is nothing more than an act they have taken on. It's a posture, a mask, yeah, yeah, or right, a persona, yeah. Yeah, as right, the Greeks yeah, put it. yeah. But, that, you know, I remember very clearly I, I, there was an incident that, that happened to me when I was, I don't know, I was somewhere between six and eight, I think. There was a party at the house, and I was in my room sobbing my eyes out in my bed against the wall. Somebody had done something that just crushed me. I don't know what, I don't remember any of that now. But anyway, my uncle came into the room and started acting silly and tickling me and trying to make me laugh. Right, And I got so pissed off. I didn't want to be happy. 
I, I mean, I was, I could feel myself starting to laugh and resisting it with everything I could. I, I wasn't going to give in to him. I was hurt, and God damn it, I was going to stay hurt. <laughs> and and this went on for a couple of minutes, and I'm, I'm sorry to say I won. He finally gave up and went away and said, well, you know, go ahead if you he insist. Was you know, but I mean, if, if he'd stayed another 30 seconds, I might have given in. You know, and I didn't learn that lesson that night, but it was years later, probably in my 30s, that that memory came back to me, and I thought, you know, that's what life is about for most people. They, they've got this story about why they're victims or why they're unhappy, and God damn it, they're not going to give that up. <laughs> you know, they're not going to be happy or enlightened or give up their hurt because that's their very definition of themselves. Absolutely. And uh, it's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's right. And I did, <laughs> and I beat him, and he went away, and I stayed in my room and cried. <laughs> yeah, how about this first story? How, how do you like this first story? Uh, I was born, I'm living, and one day I will die. How's that for a story? Yeah, it's a short one. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that, to, to me, that's the... Uh, the trilogy is it encompasses everything, and of course, as Shakespeare said, it's just like it's just a fantasy. You know, Midsummer Night's Dream, Seven Ages of Man, all that sort of stuff. You wear such stuff as dreams are made of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're at actors on a stage, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Shakespeare's yeah. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It's um, well, see, I what I think, what I hope is that um, I'm expecting within the next 30 or 50 years that the vast majority of humans alive will be enlightened. I think there, How, there's going to be uh, an eruption, an explosion of consciousness over the next 30 to 50 years. Uh, are you suggesting that this enlightenment will be uh, new people coming along? I mean, I, I mostly, can't believe... Yeah, yeah mostly, mostly that. Uh, right now, you know, again, most adults, anyone over the age of 16 is for Dude. the most part, brain dead. But uh, I think that could change, too, though. I think uh, as circumstances change, that there will be even even adults uh, waking up. You know, I mean, but I think the majority of it will be these, these this next two generations of children who wake up and just simply don't buy the bullshit their parents have been lying to them about. Why? Are you so optimistic as to think all this might happen within a few decades rather than within a few tens of thousands of years? Uh, because we only have a few decades. <laughs> what, why, do, why do you think that? I'm, I'm intrigued yeah, yeah. by well, your eschatology. Well, let me, um, let me send you a link to a video. Hold on. You know who Ray Kurzweil is? No. Oh, boy, have you got... Could you say Ray Kurzweil? Kurzweil, K-U-R-Z-W-E-I-L. K-U-R-Z-W-E-I-L. And what's his first name? Ray. Right, okay. So Thank you. Uh, I'll look it up. Well, I've just sent you a link. Uh, okay. If you have, um, re you'll need Real Player installed. I've got that. Okay, and this link will sh show you a three-hour interview with Ray Kurzweil. Oh, that's great. I can do my work while I listen to it. Yes, you can. Uh, yeah, it's perfect for that. Uh, uh, and Except that 
Well, you know, do what you got to do, you know. Anyway, Ray Kurzweil wrote a book recently, well, maybe two years ago now. Like I said, my ideas have changed dramatically in the last couple of years. Kurzweil wrote a book called The Singularity is Near, When Humans Transcend Biology. And um, this book, there's nothing in, the, in his book that I haven't read in science fiction for 30 or 40 years. But I always saw it as being so far in the future that it really didn't involve me. You know, it was, yeah, you know, someday, 200 years, 300 years from now, 1,000 years from now, yeah, someday we'll do that. Uh, after reading Kurzweil's book, and then this this uh, interview is primarily about that book, but it really covers his whole life. He's really, he's one of these project, prodigy guys, you know. He, he's okay. just a remarkable guy. Um and um, he was the first guy that got me to, I'm not absolutely convinced, but he got me to, to, to thinking that actually this stuff is far closer than, we, than I had ever imagined. And that the potential uh, in yeah. the next 30 to 50 years is that it's something we need to start talking about now. Immortality. Well, uh, is this to do with uh, McKen Terence McKenna's singularity, where no. the, the novelty principle, where time goes exponentially faster and faster until it disappears yeah. up its own top? Uh, something like that. McKenna, McKenna's approach was not really very rigorous. You know, uh, his language, although brilliant and interesting and right on, uh, isn't very helpful for a lot of things. Kurzweil. Well, he was sort of aimed at 2012. Yeah, like yeah, that. he's going, yeah, right. But uh, Kurzweil is saying, no, he's saying between 30 and 50 years. Yeah, well, I, I've worked out for myself 2012. It's just, sorry, it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, it could. I mean, there could be the end by then. I mean, certainly uh, everything could collapse. I mean, that's, you know, we don't know. I mean, that's the thing is there's no point in pretending like we know. We don't know what's going to happen, you know. But Kurzweil has, I think, got a really good, solid take on the next 30 to 50 years in three realms. He talks about the convergence of three technologies, artificial intelligence, genetic engineering, and nanotechnology. It all sounds a bit like the uh, what the conspiracy theorists fear is the agenda of the elite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it certainly sounds I'm like yeah, the New World Order people who are terrified of of, you know, one world government and shit. They, they love to hate this kind of stuff. <laughs> well, well, the, the, the fact is that, you know, you know Alan Watt. Oh, yeah. Not well, Alan no, Watts. No, no. Uh, no, I don't. I just ran into Alan Watt, that name. Within, I think maybe you gave me that name. I don't know, but I only learned about. Well, he is a brilliant. He is the doyen, if that's the pronunciation of conspiracy theorists. Oh. Uh, because he's very well read. He's read all the books. Yeah. And he's not perfect. He gets things wrong, but he's very good. He's very smooth. Yeah. And he's a, he's a simply must tune in. If you look if you look up his website, uh, uh, cutting through the matrix, uh -huh. and it, you can listen to any of his recent shows. He says the same thing every time. You you only have to listen to three or four of his shows, uh -huh. and you'll know everything that he whole, wants. Yeah. Yeah. He has the same message every time, that everything, that that the whole of human culture for the last few thousand years has been simply part of an agenda. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. A lot of the facts I agree with, but the way they put the facts together strikes me as just really bizarre. <laughs> you know, um, well, I have a problem because it makes it makes uh, everything passive. 
Yeah, know. yeah, like there's them. They're controlling things. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's just, just like bullshit, uh, you, know. you, you can, Actually, it's all complicit. You, humans, uh, humans are really into the master-slave relationship, and uh, and, the, and so that you know, human consciousness is very much into um, master-slave. Uh, 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 so you got to have some masters. You got to have some slaves. Well, yeah, but that's and, uh, people. Yeah. People love this. They and and but they and they love self deception. So they yeah. love democracy, where they pretend yeah. they're in control of the yeah. political process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's it's built into human nature, given this human. Well, that's where I disagree. I don't think it's built in. I think it's programmed in, and we can change the programming. Oh, so, so, so you don't think it's hardwired in? You think oh, it it's is just... now. By the time you become an adult, yes, it, it does. That's why it's so hard for adults to reprogram because, I mean, right. it, well, that's it, what I meant by built in. Yeah. Still. Yeah. It's not, yeah, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not a given for every, I mean, child, as you were mentioning when they come in, they are little godlings and slowly oh. we turn them into human beings. Everyone. Not everyone. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> son. No, that's the whole thing. That's the beauty of it. Somehow, I was destined to be an, uh, a human, but it didn't take. Something happened. I don't know what, yeah. but, you know, it didn't take on me. It didn't take on you. And there are millions of people well, on the planet that it didn't I'm take I'm meeting on. lots of young people who it hasn't taken on yet. Yeah, yeah. And the younger people, they are, the more, there are more of them. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. I meet them and we talk. And uh, it's like we understand each other. Yeah. And it doesn't happen when I talk to 30 and 40 year olds. Well, sometimes it happens with him too. Here you and I are talking 62 and 64. <laughs> uh, that's a major you fucking know. miracle. It is. It is. <laughs> but there are plenty of miracles going on. They're going on all over the place. And uh, yeah. this is an exciting time to be alive. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I'm going to look up your um, uh, Kurtz Files thing. And uh, I'll also I'll have great fun listening to your archive number seventeen. Yeah, yes, you will. Um, and and uh, take your time. You know, you know where I can. You know, you can find me. I mean, you can always call me on Skype anytime you want to talk, or you can see my. You know, look up my room, which is every day at the time. You know, every day except Tuesday and Thursday. I don't think I'll have a problem contacting you. No, I don't think you will, or I you, since I you know I've got all your details now too. So. Um, in any case, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, a, a more specific conversation on your theory. And, well, uh, I, I'm, I would look forward to introducing you, to, you. You know how you've been influenced by Taoism and Buddhism to a certain extent. Oh, extensively. All right. Well, yeah. I've been influenced more. Um, my background is really in uh, uh, Kashmir Shaivism. Oh. Uh, which is... Um, you might call it, <laughs> it's the most fantastically gorgeous um, philosophy of pure consciousness that to me is much, is much more uh, juicy and connected than anything I've found in Buddhism or Taoism. Mm-hmm. I'm only speaking for myself, well, yeah, but um, yeah. it, it's, a, it it's an you. aspect, it's not an aspect of Hinduism really, uh, it, it, it is an esoteric, if you like, strand um, in northern India, uh, that that is pretty much unknown, at, pretty much unknown outside small a few circles. It doesn't go down well with the crowd. It's not like Vedanta or Advaita Vedanta, you know, yeah. which is which is hugely popular. Uh, it, 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 it's um, 
I, I would love to introduce you to it. It goes, you know, um, I don't know whether you're aware of Advaita Vedanta where they have the uh, 16 tattvas going up to the individual soul. No, I've never gotten heavily oh. into Vedanta. I mean, I, I've you know been around the edges, but that's about it. Okay, Vedanta is pretty much uh, Vedanta is that's non-dualistic Hinduism. You understand? It's not. It's not like you have Krishna and you worship him. Mm-hmm. Basically, the ultimate statement of Vedanta or non-dualistic uh, Vedanta is Jiva is Shiva. In other words, the individual soul is the divine soul. Right. The divine is the individual in absolute truth, and the individual is the divine in absolute truth. Right. L- live with it. That that's the ultimate statement of Vedanta. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, uh, so and and, and that, it's, that just seems to me the most odd. You know, that's just that's where I start. <laughs> you know, it's just well, ob- that, obvious. Uh, you know, it's just now, like now not- shavism. Shavism yeah. says that that that's good as far as it goes, but it doesn't go far enough. Uh-huh. And um, they have the they have the big problem of Maya, which is the illusory faculty that comes in from God knows where. Language. Uh, you know, the Indians have this big yeah, problem yeah. thinking the world is an illusion and that's it. And you've just got to escape by meditation. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's and, all. Uh, my, my, in my theory, uh, basically, Maya is uh, being trapped in the language machine, believing, mistaking well, the, 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 the linguistic analysis for the way the world is rather than merely a way of thinking about it. That is Maya. That is- Fascinating perception. That's really interesting to me. Now, within Shaivism, this is explained in terms of what they call the matrika. The, the matrika is the language net. Mm, yeah. It's caused by sound vibration, and it is a complete and total self-ordained trap. It is the way that pure consciousness manifests as individuality and manages to completely deceive itself into believing it is completely limited and without value. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But and that's the whole point. But see, that's the whole point of it. That's how Bob gets into the game by forgetting well, who he is. Well, you'll be very pleased to hear that the Shaivites <laughs> have been playing with this philosophy of language, of matrika. Uh, even the word matrika, think of the matrix, the matrix, you know? Mm, yeah. Well, they've been using, for thousands of years, they've been using the Sanskrit, Sanskrit word matrika, which means, uh, that matrika means the triple mother, the mother of sound, uh, the sound mother, the one, the one who, uh, the, the juvenile Vedantists, the infantile Vedantists take as being the enemy, that, you know, the disgusting Maya, whereas in fact yeah. it's simply a, a, a language process. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they've been uh, they've been throwing these ideas around for thousands of years in Kashmir. Huh. And uh, you need uh, th- to, do you know Jamal? You've you've heard Jamal, right? Uh, in my I got a bunch of recordings. He's from Pakistan. Uh, Jamal. Well, I mean, it's a common name. Which yeah, Jamal? Well, well is this? Jamal. This is the only Jamal that's in my room. If you look in my again in my uh, recordings, you'll see the name Jamal in a lot of them. Uh, he's a guy from Pakistan. Urdu yeah. is his uh, primary language, and uh, he's never brought this up. It'd be, I, I'm just thinking it would be interesting for you and him to talk. You should uh, you should know Jamal. Well, that's very interesting because Kashmir is at the borderline between Hinduism and uh, um, Islam, yeah. and where really all the great philosophies are synthesized. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. No one there calls themselves a Hindu or a Muslim or something. It's just a question of whether you know how things work or not. <laughs> That's how it really goes. 
So anyway, I'd, I, I would have to include this in my little summary of my, of my metaphysic or philosophy or whatever you call it. And um, uh, I, I look forward to introducing the, to you to that as yeah. my contribution yeah. to, our, to our dialogue. Yeah, I'm looking forward um, to it. Yeah, we, there have been many great beings who have trodden this path of uh, seeing language for what it is. As a matter of fact, I don't know whether you have, by one means or another, actually been into the the realm of the Matrika and perhaps not known that it had a name. Because if you if you have a vision, either through meditation or psychedelic drugs, of um, infinite uh, writhing streams of letters and numbers that may or may not have sonic um, uh, representation, but, but are visualized actually as letters and numbers, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, you, you, you have been introduced to one level or another of the Matrika, because this is sub-language. This is where language yeah. arises from. Yeah, uh, l- the problem language is trying when to when talk it, about that, because I've had lots of experiences that I simply am... Totally, I mean, I've never found a way to talk sensibly about these things. And Have you ever experienced those those st- writhing streams of uh, of uh, language ribbons, if you like? Um, though that I I may have, but it's like I, DNA. I, I haven't formed. It looks like it DNA. Yet. Um, maybe you have. I, I don't know. You can say because uh, because I haven't. You know, th- these images, uh, linguistically coded images, just don't uh, don't strike me. Like I say, I've, the experiences I've had, I'm still struggling to figure out how to talk about them. And every way right. I've tried to talk about them, I've found so dissatisfactory that I've just abandoned them. And I've just sort of left with uh, these yeah. uh, unspeakable experiences that I just don't know. I figure if I can't say it in a way that satisfies me, that I'm simply, you know, I mean, I try, I continue to try to talk about them, but, you know, I just don't know how to talk about it. Well, it's interesting that um, McKenna had no problems talking about any of his psychedelics. No, I know, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have his gift, apparently. <laughs> well, who has? No, he's the ultimate. Uh, with his funny Irish leprechaun voice. I, I always thought of him as a leprechaun rather than a human. I didn't think yeah. he was human at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, um, it's back to work, and I'm so glad we had our talk tonight. This has been, uh, honestly, it's a total joy for me, and I thank you. Yeah, well, uh, the feeling is mutual, and I'll look forward to another one. And by the way, you know, I record all of my stuff, and including this one. And yeah. if you don't mind, Fine. I will post this. Absolutely. I mean, the, yeah. the, this is just good fun to well, be shared with well, people. Yeah, well, that's the whole point is that the stuff, you and I aren't the only ones with these ideas in our heads. And a lot of people, in a sense, there's a big difference between knowing something and then knowing that you know it. And I think a lot of people under the surface know a lot of the stuff you and I are talking about but haven't quite come to the realization that they know it. And every time they hear it... <laughs> You know, one of these times they're going to, you know, a, and that can happen. You know, someone hears something. Like when Alan yeah. Watts woke me up when I was 21. You know, I might have been on the verge of that for years. Who knows? But that time, that night, with that book and that paragraph was what it took. That was the one that pushed me over the edge. 
someone's got to have the nerve to 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 have a go and speak out. Yeah. And so that's why I record all my conversations, and if they're the slightest bit enlightening, they go up. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> you know, what fun. So. What fun. Fantastic. Yeah. I must say, I listened to that last conversation you and I had that you posted. I was John Langley troublemaker. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Are you okay with how I characterized you as a trouble? Because I think you mentioned I, that I love yourself, it. didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your perception. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I, I was amazed. Uh, I'm not used to listening to my own voice. See, I'm used to listening to your voice, aren't yeah. I? Because yeah. you do your thing. And I was amazed listening to my voice, how it was so different from how I hear my own voice. Oh, haven't you? When you I'm you not haven't recorded. had much experience. Well, you, and you haven't had much experience uh, hearing yourself no. recorded before. No, and oh, I realize how oh, I've really got shocking. to get my act together. Yeah, well, no, you do fine. No, everyone's very critical. For I was, I've spent a lot of time in recording studios, and I, I mean, I'm right. real familiar with with what my voice sounds like. But I'll never forget the first time I ever heard it. I was bit of a shock. I was in shock. <laughs> yeah. I've heard you know? my voice. I've recorded myself uh, doing a few things, singing and yeah. reciting poetry yeah. stuff before. But I've never heard myself in dialogue before. Yeah, in just normal conversation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I was a bit shocked how kind of, well, un- how s- scattered it all seemed. Yeah, yeah. And I was straining for meaning. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't realize I was so... So brain damaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's That's humbling. Right. It really is humbling, I'll tell you. Well, as you know, it's humbling. Boy, I hear myself. You know, I've got probably more than, probably close to 2,000 hours of recorded conversations that I did on Skypecast before I moved. Oh, my God. All those ones in there that say archive or that start with the year 2006, all those, you know, uh, those are all from my early days in Skypecast. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and I've edited. I've already edited a bunch of it, but now the thing is, over those two years, two and a half years, you know, I mean, I'm really looking. For, well, part of me is dreading, and part of me is looking forward to editing all this stuff and listening to the conversations that I've had in the past. You know, because sometimes people. Well, you know, sometimes I was just a real idiot. And other times I was really enlightened. And it's just. This would be a great exercise in detachment. Oh, yeah, it is. Listening to yourself be an idiot or have somebody come in and dupe you. You you think one thing is going on. Especially when you say, oh, my God, I should have said that and I didn't. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's a a great lesson, I'll tell you. You It's very humbling, but obvious, but it's a great opportunity, you know, again, to to see yourself in... uh, in a different way, you know. To hear yourself as others hear you. Yeah. Well, not not <laughs> as others hear you because they're hearing with their ears. Well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, there's something about that. Yeah, the tone, you know, I mean on a physical level. Yeah. Yeah, because we, when you hear through, you know, you hear the sound conducted through your jawbone, not through the air. Yeah. You know, and that's all that's a whole different as you know, it's just a very different uh, audio quality that, that uh, it's a real surprise. Like I say, the first time I ever got a tape recorder when I was a kid, I remember I was maybe, I don't know how old I was, but the first time I heard myself on a tape recorder, I honestly didn't even recognize it. I thought it was somebody else, and I really didn't like the sound of their voice either. <laughs> 
it's it can be horrifying. Most people, almost everyone I know, if I record their voice and they listen to it, think it sounds absolutely ghastly. Isn't that strange? <laughs> well, Isn't I think they – I'm not sure whether they uh, – to me, it sounded strange. It just didn't sound like what I thought I sounded like. And and I think I then interpreted that as not liking it. But I'm not sure when I look back on that whether that's really the case. It's just strange. And the strangeness puts us off, I think. You know, because it just it's not what we're expecting. It's, it has a totally different tonal quality than we're used to hearing. And uh, when it doesn't meet our expectations, we reject it. I, I think one thing is that it takes a pretty good damn recording to sound as good as you hear yourself, because as you say, your whole head and well, jaw Well, no, resonate. it's not about a good recording. No, it has nothing to do with that. The quality of sound, the way it's conducted through bone, is very different than the way sound comes across when it's conducted through air. Some of the well, I mean, um, when I when I'm speaking now, I hear my bass tones very loudly. I think I'm I've got quite a low voice. Mm-hmm. But when I hear it on your recording, it yeah. sounds much higher and lacking yeah. the bass tone. Well, that, and, and, that's, and that's what I'm getting at is that because the sound uh, low frequencies go through your jawbone much yeah. better than they go through air. Yeah, that's what I meant when yeah. I said yeah. it's a good recording and yeah. almost like a, an enhanced recording well, to bring out the bass. Yeah, it would have to be an enhanced one with a bass boost because through air, it's not there. The sound well, I'm actually, all for yeah. I'd appreciate it if uh, you could take any recordings uh, you and I have done together and boost the bass on my voice so it sounds better than <laughs> yours. More manly. You do that for? Yeah, sure, sure. I'll, I got nothing better to do much. than to, to boost your uh, maleness. <laughs> boost my ego. Yeah, right. I'll get right on that, John. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we should do a, we should do a talk one day on on uh, uh, on the the in quotes ego. Uh, which is the oh, favorite yeah, enemy yeah. of the oh, yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's the biggest weasel word, I think, yeah, that's going around. Yeah, around. I know. Well, almost all of them. That's the thing is where I just, I, the whole New Age movement just makes me ill. Just about every word they use is literally meaningless. They're, they're like, in mathematics, they're what's called uh, propositional functions. Like, if I say X plus 7 equals 10, yeah. Well, you're not going to worry about whether that's true or false because the word X is a variable. And until you give it a value, the phrase X plus 7 equals 10 is literally <laughs> meaningless. Well, it's what's called a propositional function as opposed I to. Understand. Okay. And, and that, so there are all sorts of words like ego, mind, soul, all these things that uh, essentially are meaningless until you actually define them. And, of course, nobody ever does because that's too much trouble. To me, have the same meaninglessness, the word world and the world universe. Oh, yeah, well, all matter, energy, time, space, all of those. Uh, They can be defined for the purposes of a discussion quite well, but the New Age people never get around to that. They use, again, word, mind, consciousness, and all these things, and it's just bullshit. they haven't got a clue. Again, they, these words call forth a lot of emotional response, and they have strong emotional reactions to hearing those sounds. It's just working in the emotional but area. Yeah, it has very nothing to do with any information content, though. Yeah. I find it increasingly nauseating. Uh, I just can't, I can't handle it anymore. As a matter of fact, yeah. I've, I've lost a few friendships recently. Yeah. When I, when I became aware that, that I could only relate to them if I accepted their meaninglessness, yeah. 
as meaningful because they thought it was meaningful. Yeah. And, w- and when they become a- became aware that I found it yeah. meaningless. Yeah. Well, the um, thing is, you can what you can do is you can reaffirm their experience and, and admit that. I mean, like even with that Christian guy uh, in number seventeen, it's clear he's had a life changing experience. You know. Yeah. And I can relate to that. What I the problem I have is the way he's chosen or been trapped into talking about his life experience. Okay. Right. And and so I can agree with him uh, on the experience that underlies the language, but I really part company with the words he chooses to talk about it. And so with the new age people, again, there's a lot of them that uh, intellectually I just want to throw up every time I hear him talk, and yet I know that there's a part of them that has experienced the same thing I have. Hmm. But they just talk about it in a really inefficient way, you know. They, luckily, that was the, my obsession that I stumbled onto, and uh, you know, and began to work on that. Uh, I've heard people go on for hours without saying anything. Oh, absolutely! They can go on for years, lifetimes. Hmm. Yeah. If you hear even the New Age gurus, even uh, uh, what's his name, the Indian. Uh, He's got millions of followers. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Maharish, Maharishi, no, that no, one? No, no, he's the, he's the Ayurvedic. Uh, oh, one, uh, Deepak Chopra? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, again, I mean, see, that's the thing is, again, I, again I, I recognize that he has had the same experience, but the language he uses to talk about it is way less than optimum. And, and again, and the, all the, I've yeah. been tuning in on all the Indian gurus and the American gurus yeah. and all that oh, yeah. recently. I've, just, I've been wondering, is there one, is there just one who makes sense? <laughs> oh, if, you know uh, Eckhart Tolle or Eckhart Tolle? You know about him? Who? Eckhart Tolle. Oh, uh, yeah, yes, uh, of course. And yeah. I find him just as empty as all the others. Really? Well, have you, heard, have you read him or have you heard him talk? I've seen him talk. I've read him. Yeah, he okay. seems to me an absolutely typical uh, <laughs> okay. example of the genre. Yeah, yeah. Well, his language is. See, I don't think he is, though. That's the point. Is I think he is as enlightened as a lot of them are. He's one of the enlightened people. But again, uh, his enlightenment didn't automatically uh, clean up his language machine. He's still stuck yeah. talking the same way he was before he got enlightened. I have no problem with his, his spiritual state. My yeah. problem is that he thinks that he can communicate it uh, using the language he does. Well, and he, it, well, he does it? communicate it, but he communicates it with his presence, not his language. And then you're right. He exactly. probably thinks. No, I don't think he's under that misapprehension because he's always talking about how the language isn't it. You know. Well, the thing is, you see. All right, this is my take on him, and not only him, but lots of the yeah, other ones. Most of them, yeah. He's a non-dualist. Uh, that, which is an Advaita Vedantist, really. Yeah. And he had this amazing experience. He got terribly depressed when he was young, when he was in his 20s. Yeah. And he, he was on the verge of committing suicide. And then he was walking through the park, and suddenly he, woke up. he had the enlightenment yeah, experience. He'd right. got so low without dying. Yeah. And then suddenly it was all gone, and he was in this blissful state, which has never left him. Let's yeah. put it in a oh, simple yeah, way. Yeah. So, okay, he, he, he tells that story, and then he proceeds... To give his followers years and years of conditioning, which is by he ta- he trains them in the philosophy of Advaita Vedanta or non-dualism. Yeah. Now he didn't arrive at his state of enlightenment through Advaita Vedanta. No, of course it fell out of the sky he on his head. <laughs> by 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 
going through years of horrible depression and suicidal yeah, thoughts. Yeah, right. And why doesn't he say to people, look, there's nothing I can say that can help you. What I advise you to do is realize that your hopelessness, allow yourself to get terribly depressed. I, I'm here to help you to get depressed, right? <laughs> so I'm going to say, you are, you are poor, sad people. You're ignorant. You'll never see your way out of this. Fuck you. You know, whatever. And, and, and by the way, I'm handing around suicide pills. Yes. You know, but you and, first and, pay your $300 for the yeah, seminar. And that would, that, <laughs> that would be giving them the experience he had to get enlightened. But he doesn't. He says, I, he tells them how he got enlightened. Then he yeah. says, well, now I'm in this state and I want to tell you yeah. what this state is like. And well, how, what help is that? Yeah, Especially well, it's, it's language, almost it's none. It's almost none. And then right. you see, you see uh, the audience is like 200, mostly women and effeminate men, mostly. Yeah. And they're all staring at him, and they're not in a state of bliss. They're in a state of hypnosis. Yeah, yeah. They're I'm all very... in a trance, and they and his bliss. He's in a quiet state of you might call relaxed bliss on stage, but they're not. They're not in bliss. No, of course not. No, they're trying to he be enlightened. They think they're not enlightened. They think they're human beings. <laughs> They do. They don't realize that they've got to go through a horrible period of terrible depression. Well, no, but you don't have to go through a horrible period, though. That's exactly I'm kidding. the point. Oh, okay. I'm I mean, kidding. It, it helps. Use the right, okay, from your point of view, if you could use the right language. Well, I'll tell you, for, well, no, for me, honest to God, it just fell out of the fucking universe. I had no interest in any of this shit. Ah. None. When I was 21, the only things I was interested in was sex, television, and cars. That was it. And uh, through the weirdest set of circumstances, um, I got woken up. And uh, uh. I sure as hell wasn't looking for it, but it happened. Hit you in the face like a... Out of nowhere. Hello? Yeah. You can't hear me? Hello? Yeah, it just faded for a bit. Oh, it's all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, look, honestly, I've got to go. Yeah, I know. I've been waiting for you to say that and then get yeah. the hell out of here so I can get back to stuff, too. Problem is, we've been having such fun. Well, listen, we've got, uh, who knows? So, uh, Skype dropped the call. That was the end. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus